BetMGM has an unreal deal for sports fans in Virginia. Turn $5 into $150 instantly when you place your first wager at BetMGM. Simply download the BetMGM app and sign up using code CHAMPION150. Then, place a $5 wager on any sport. You'll receive $150 in bonus bets, regardless of your wager's outcome. And if you think the fun stops there, the king of sportsbooks has plenty of surprises in store. Check out daily promotions, same game parlays, live bets, and so much more. Download the app in Virginia today and get $150 in bonus bets instantly from your first wager only at BetMGM. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Virginia only. New customer offer. Subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotional offer not available in Washington, D.C. Hello and welcome to Talking Transfers from the 90 Ming Podcast Network. I'm Scott Saunders, joined by 90 Min's transfer correspondent, Graham Bailey. And 90 Min's top cat, Toby Cudworth, was speaking ahead of January's transfer deadline on Tuesday night, January 31st. It's going to be a busy one, so we just thought we'd bring you an extra special podcast to talk about what we expect could happen uh, ahead of that deadline. We've already seen, ahead of our recording, that some pretty crazy things are happening so we'll talk to you about everything that we know so far obviously there is a lot that could change as well but we'll try and do our best to cover all of the bases for you you can subscribe to our show on all your major podcast platforms apple spotify etc etc and follow us on twitter too at underscore scott saunders at toby underscore cudworth and at graham bailey guys how are you doing graham i'll come to you first i'd imagine your head is exploding at the moment it is i had a great weekend took my son to uh, Middlesbrough Watford. His first time in the in the singing end, and he was um he was he really loved it. You know, it was the first real game he got into. Got his Michael Carrick chant down to a T. He was loving life. And then uh, yesterday, I saw the Bengals lose in the in the NFL playoffs. So I'm very very happy today. <laughs> Toby, how are you? I'm good. Yeah, West Ham haven't played yet, so my my mood hasn't been determined by my football team being rubbish at football. That might come tonight after the uh, the cup tie at Derby. But yeah, all good and looking forward to what looks like being a busy transfer deadline. Obviously, whenever you're listening to this, if you listen to this on Tuesday, things could change because things are... That's the nature of the deadline, right? That's the nature of the transfer window. Today, we'll talk about João Cancelo, who is leaving Manchester City. We'll dig into the reasons why. We'll talk Pedro Porro. We'll talk Moises Caicedo, who is one of two midfielders Subject to massive, massive, massive bids. Enzo Fernandez is the other one. Yuri Tielemans is on our list as well. And we'll talk a bit of Newcastle at the end of the show. We'll keep it nice and brief. And we'll hopefully get to you later this week as well, post-deadline, to unpack everything that has happened. But let's uh, let's dig into this first story. Joao Cancelo to Bayern Munich on loan with an obligation to buy of 70 million euros. Graham, I think the big question here is obviously... People are looking at this and thinking, wow, I didn't expect that, even though Cancelo has been out of favor over the last few months. They're probably thinking, why in the hell is Pep Guardiola allowing this to happen? But Bayern Munich taking one of the best fullbacks in the world, maybe not on current form, but on reputation over the last couple of years. He's certainly right up there. Joao Cancelo to Bayern. It's happening, correct? And why is it happening, Graham? Yeah, it's happening alone. Primarily, because Joe Cancelo is unhappy at Man City and 
The thing with City is, as we've seen numerous players in the past few years with Pep, if you don't want to be at the club, he won't stand in your way. If you do not want to play for Manchester City, he doesn't want you there. And it's it's come to that. We've seen Jan Cancelo drop down the pecking order at City, which before the start of the season, who'd have thought? You know, we've seen some big drop offs in terms of statues from Edouard Mendy, the best goalkeeper in the world, to becoming Chelsea number two, to Cancelo, who was widely considered the best fullback in the Premier League. Well, I don't think many people would argue with you if you said that at the start of the season, but now, yeah, he, he hasn't impressed Pep um, during the season. And yeah, Bayern Munich have made the offer. Obviously, Joe Cancelo's people putting it out there that he was available and they've struck this loan deal. And you can see from Bayern's point of view why they're doing it. Pavard hasn't played well this season. Masraoui, the free from Ajax, he's had a few issues, hasn't he? He had a heart inflammation after COVID and he's he struggled for fitness. So it fits for Bayern and it's a good fit. And, you know, if if it works, they're getting one of the best fullbacks in the world. If it doesn't, you send it back to City. So no lose for Bayern, isn't it, really? A 70 million um, option on him. And if he is one of the best fullbacks in the world, he's probably worth that anyway. So um, good deal for Bayern. It does, the question is, does it leave City a bit weakened? They would probably argue that the, the, we've seen the progress of Rico Lewis recently. Looks a very good find, doesn't he, for City through the academy. Mm, I can think. I think it wouldn't surprise me if he brought someone in. Wouldn't surprise me if he didn't, because I think Walker and Lewis gets them through on that right hand side. The left looks a little bit weaker. Toby, I'm you're surprised. I'm guessing, but I know we've spoken about. I know I've said this certainly over the last few weeks that the way Pep has been speaking in the media that something had to give. Uh, he's been calling out his players for their attitudes and this kind of thing, and. I think I was expecting something like this to happen, but maybe not now. Yeah, I'm surprised at the timing. I thought we may see Cancelo and maybe one or two others leave in the summer. It's obvious that he's lost his place in the team over the last five or six weeks. So there must be a breakdown in trust somewhere because Pep is normally very loyal to his players. Doesn't tend to fiddle around with his defence too much, but we've seen a lot of faith placed in Nathan Ake, for example. As Graham's just mentioned there, Rico Lewis has kind of emerged on the first team scene. So Cancelo has clearly fallen out of favour and whether or not Pep's making an example out of him by sanctioning this deal now, I don't know. Is it kind of a motivational thing? City are, what, five points behind Arsenal in the title race? Potentially, it could be a warning that if you don't pull your socks up and you're not committed to the cause, you know we will let you go if you've you made. You could go go to Bayern Munich. <laughs> yes, yeah. Well, we're willing to part ways with you if you ask to go or you show your unhappiness. Then we will not fight to keep you. You will be leaving. Um, yes, he's falling on his feet if he's going to Bayern Munich because they're one of the top teams in Europe. But for me, I think it does weaken them. It's and that's why I'm surprised by the timing of it. As Graham's touched on, I think the left side of defence is Nathan Ake and Sergio Gomez. It's not the strongest of options. I think Ake's actually played better at centre-back this season. Um, and that would leave Kyle Walker and Rico Lewis on the right. It just takes away some of the the options that City have that no other team have that he could play uh, full-back on both sides, inverted full-back and just drop into midfield. He's like a valuable commodity, isn't he? They could use him in whatever role. So his downfall has actually been a bit surprising for me that it kind of started at the World Cup though, didn't he? He didn't play every game for Portugal at the World Cup. So he got dropped. Least... He got dropped. He started. Did he get Diogo Dallo was coming in yeah. ahead of him. Yeah. Yeah. I just a line from I'm getting in guys from City. Did not believe at this point to be looking for a replacement. 
Interesting. So it looks like obviously Rico Lewis has been has broken through in recent months and does look a hell of a prospect. He looks like he could play. He looks like very much a bit like Ansar. I think he could play mm-hmm. both sides. Obviously, we haven't seen him on that side, have we? But he looks like he can play that role. Big risk for City, though. Obviously, Bayern Munich are one of the best teams in Europe. And I know, I know what Pep will say to this. He'll, you'll he'll kind of look at the attitude of the player and say, if look, look, if this player doesn't want to be there, then I'll let them go, and that that will work is, out is fine. It not, it's a sign of the club, Scott, though, isn't it? Like we we praise ETH for getting rid of Ronaldo. I think this is if you're a City fan, yeah, it'll hurt a bit, but this is how you run a club. If, no matter who you are, if you don't want to be here, you go. It, I, I would counter argue that though, with have City not been burned by this already this season with Zinchenko and Gabi Jesus going to Arsenal. And yep. now if they're trying to win the Champions League, I know Pep will say ultimately that the guy's attitudes have got to be right and we've got to focus on mm-hmm. ourselves first in order to win the Champions League, but you're giving arguably the best fullback in the world to a, a team who could end up beating yeah. you to the Champions League. I think it's just um it's having that culture at the club though. If if you don't want to play for Manchester City, don't be here. I I I it's as you say, Scott. It's it's a tough one, isn't it? Because you don't really want to lose your Kinsella, but you have to admire City and Pep for that stance. Absolutely. Anything to add, Toby? Well, it feels like they're playing nice, as you say, Scott. Players are Jesus, Sinchenko showed signs of wanting to leave and be first team regulars. So City allowed it to happen. That stance could ultimately come back to bite them if Arsenal end up winning the league. And as you say, if City get Bayern in the later stages of the Champions League and they don't have Cancelo on their side. Obviously, he can't. He can't play for Bayern so in the latter are, stages. Are they, allowed, are they allowed to play? In theory, can you, can you play against your parent team in Europe? In theory, I think that's a clause, but that the yeah. two clubs will negotiate oh, between them. Not, but he, he not... can play in other matches, obviously. Yeah. Yes. Um, and obviously, City won't have him. So we'll love to see how it plays out. But for me, it's bizarre timing. I I thought a summer exit was on the cards, but as it is, looks like he's going now. Interesting news. Obviously, we'll see probably João Cancelo holding up a Bayern Munich shirt in the next 24 hours. Uh, City not looking for a replacement, as we understand it, at present. Interesting, because I thought I was going to follow up with a question, Graham, on Pedro mm-hmm. Porro, who Man City used to have in their ranks. They've sent him to Sporting, and there is a buyback clause in that deal worth around 20 million euros-ish. And obviously, Pedro Porro has been subject to heavy interest from Spurs this month. And that doesn't look like, as it stands, it's happening either. But is is Pedro Porro to Spurs dead in the water or could this be salvaged before the deadline? Yeah, we're told it's not dead in the water, Scott. We we actually, with colleague Sean Walsh, we did a story on Porro's release clause last week where that was one of the reasons that Sporting hierarchy, some within the hierarchy, wanted this deal to go through. They were very worried about Porro continuing this brilliant season and his reputation getting bigger and bigger to the extent where City would be left with no option but to recall him and, and sell him, basically. They could recall him for twenty million and sell him for and double the money overnight. That was what is one of the issues. I know Amarin wants him to stay desperately, but those who were perhaps with one eye on the accounts were thinking we're going to end up losing a lot of money here. And that was one of the and we did put that in the story last week. That was one of the concerns. In terms of this, the Tottenham deal, it, it's been described to me as stalemate. It's not dead in the water. Both sides blaming each other, you know. From up at Tottenham, they thought they were getting away with paying his release over instalments. Sporting said we we always said that wasn't the case. You might have to pay a bit more. 
you know, the players agreed terms. The only thing missing is his medical in, in London to come. Um and to watch the space, you know, Sporting believed it was done to the extent that they've agreed a deal with Barcelona for Hector Bellerin. Who who that shocked me the other weekend, guys. It's still only twenty seven. <laughs> no way, really, twenty seven. <laughs> I was like, surely thirty, thirty two, maybe towards the end of his career. I said twenty seven first man. Yeah, it's remarkable. Um, so yeah, that deal is still not over yet. No, um, yeah, there's there's still an opportunity with this. And obviously, we know the Man City recall. They would have to have players' permission, etc. Spurs have put so much work into this deal. I'd be amazed if they allowed this one to get away. I really would. They've, they've done so much work on this player. And the Spurs fans are going to be, as we know, our colleague Sean, really looking forward to this lad coming in, um, as a lot of Spurs fans are. And yeah, I think this one gets done. I really do. Spurs have been here before with Sporting. Bruno Fernandes, I've seen. And we, <laughs> and do you remember, I remember this time last year, guys, they were this close to before Diamond Troy went to Barca. They agreed terms with him as well. And they just couldn't agree that deal. So they really don't like buying right backs for um, Antonio Conte. Well, they bought Emerson. <laughs> oh, yeah. Sorry, sorry. Good, no, em- good, good, sorry, good no, Emerson Royal Jed Spence. They've bought. They've, <laughs> yes, yes, he's got a lot of options there, but just obviously not the best ones. Um. Anyway, uh, as we as we say, things can obviously change very very quickly. So we are recording this uh, about thirty six hours before the transfer deadline, and uh, things can good change. Maths. Good, good math, Scott. Good math. I think I'm a bit off. I think it's uh, <laughs> about thirty four hours. If not on second look, it sounded right. But anyway, uh, yes, things can change pretty quickly. What time? And... Is, I, I need to know what time is the deadline tomorrow. I haven't actually checked on that. You've eleven eleven p.m. officially, but it's probably, 10, probably half two in the morning. Knowing some club, oh, the deal sheet, the deal sheet with Brian Swanson. I think they should bring him back just for the deal sheet night. He he loved doing a deal sheet, Brian Swanson, didn't he? At the FA, yeah. So yeah, okay, cool. Eleven so, o'clock technically. Plenty of time left, uh, and plenty of time for Brighton to bat away bids for Moises Caicedo, apparently. Uh, Arsenal and Chelsea both interested. Arsenal making all the moves at the moment. As it stands, Graham, where are we with this one? And are Brighton holding out for a a certain fee? Or are they saying, hell no? The latter, Scott, yeah. They're saying, hell no. They're sticking back, sticking to their guns. Pardon the pun, the gunners... They're going to keep keep knocking on the door. Arsenal in the background, they are looking at alternatives. You know, they do they do want some extra help in that midfield department. No, they're running. They've been pretty lucky so far this season, haven't they? I think Party's played almost every Premier League game, if not every one. So I, I say it's not lucky, but yeah, they've, they've been... They've, they've had help with not getting injuries and you can't expect to go the whole season without any. So they are fearful of that. They are fearful of losing some of these midfielders. So they've looked again at Yuri Tillemans, but Casido is the one they want. And But Brighton is showing, are giving nothing. There's no chink in the armour. Brighton are not saying, definitely not, maybe, if you come back with 80, maybe you come back with 90. Brighton are not giving anything like that. They've said he's not leaving. And as we discussed off pod, the main reason for all this, guys, is Brighton think they've got a great chance of getting top six. They even think they've got a chance to get in top four, and the way they're playing, I say I think I think they've got, I think they've got the best player in the Premier League at the moment in Batoma. I really do. And yeah, who if, if we, someone said to us now, Brighton finished top four, it it's unlikely, I think, but you couldn't dismiss it, could you? At this point, and that's a big thing for them now. They're not willing to lose arguably one of their best player 
Some people think he is. It's, if it's going to stop them from pushing on, they may never get this chance again to push for a top four. They may never get this chance again. It's just too good an opportunity. And there's also that precedent. If they allow Casido to go now, what's going to happen in the summer? Matoma will demand a move. Alexis McAllister will demand a move. Solly Marshall demand a move. I think it's very dangerous. If Brighton let him go, I think they are cutting their cloth and they'll regret it. So I think they have to keep him. I really do. Counter-argument, Toby. Um, Will Brighton see this same money in the summer? Well, yeah, we were talking about this a bit before we started recording. I think they will because Caicedo is only going to get better and I think he will maintain his market value. But I do just think can Brighton afford to not do this now? Because what are they going to do in the summer? If they get top six, he's still going to want to leave. He's still going to want to join a team with a higher reputation, with better players. Um, this is probably Brighton's ceiling for the next two, three, unless they do something remarkable and they kind of have a, a brief West Ham rise where they do it again next I year. That mentioning. Yeah, well, we've seen what's happened to us now. We've had that two years of sustained success if you can call two years sustained but now we've kind of dipped down to a level and we're having to get rid of Declan Rice this summer for a fee that probably won't be as high as it would have been when we were at our peak um a Brighton looking at this thinking if we get top six or if they somehow got top four that they could keep Caicedo going into next season I don't think they could so do they take the deal now I don't know I'm I'm kind of with Graham that this is probably their one shot to maybe get top six or top four. They're riding the crest of a wave, hold out for it. I do think they will get the money for him, but there's so many in-demand central midfielders that clubs may move on to other targets, and that's what may prevent them from getting the money that they're, they're being offered now. I think they could, but there is that caveat to it. So they need so, the money, though, guys. Look, the money they brought in from Ben White, Couturier. Tony, he doesn't need the money, does he? Really? So that's the thing as well. Where, yeah. Brighton, I say he's obviously Brighton gone public with it as well, though. So, yeah. how will they be able to turn him back around? Is obviously that question always of if the player's head's gone elsewhere, then will they be able to bring him back? This kind of thing. Are they still going to have the same player in February? I, th- I think they treated it really well, though. You know, from the, the speculation that he was missing training. Um, on Saturday, which was completely ruled out by Brighton, those reports. See, you know, they've, it was just so clever, such a well run club where they're giving him four days off. So they've sort of counteracted that, haven't they? Where he can't come in and, and miss training, he can't come in and miss a game. They've given him time off after the window. Brilliantly handled, I think, from Brighton. I really do. I think this is the, the way forward where, you know, I could have seen this example, Scott, when Anthony was filling a turn for training saying, oh, well, no, you you, you We didn't want him few... to come in anyway. Yeah, yeah, you tip the next few days off, it's fine. And, uh, you know, his agents were obviously putting out there that he was set to miss training. And Brighton just absolutely counteracted that by, oh, you're not, you're not needed for training, it's fine. See you in four days. And they still beat Liverpool anyway. Yeah, they still be Liverpool. The the other thing to say is they've already got a player, an old football manager wonder kid, Kasper Koslowski is nineteen. He's on loan at Vitesse. He's the player I'd imagine they're looking at it, thinking it's all right. We've got him to come through the first team in two years. He'll be our next Caicedo, but he's not ready yet. So we'll keep him for a little bit longer and let him let him develop. Brighton playing par- football manager Paraguay in real is, life. Yeah, the young Paraguayan as well, who's outstanding. Um, and Cosio, I think he's and called. Ciso. Yeah, what a player he's meant to be. They think he could be the best they've ever had. So um they'll keep going and you know, and Deserby probably sees it. We we see a ceiling for Brighton, don't we? As Toby just said, and I agree with him. 
But the way they're playing with the Zerbi, who who's to say that he's not there to make them a top four team? Well, well, I say that just because of the resources of the top oh, yeah. six and Newcastle. It's ridiculously difficult, isn't it, to maintain it? Mm. This is Brighton's shot, as you've said. West Ham have had their shot over the last couple of years, and now we're back to reality. Um, it is because how often are they going to get a chance where possibly we don't see a Chelsea and Liverpool in top four contention? This may be a one, this could arguably be a once in a lifetime opportunity for the likes of Newcastle and Brighton, probably less so Newcastle because they hope to be top four regular. But for Brighton, this could be a once in a generation chance for them to make the Champions League. So Arsenal then interested and have made a number of offers for Caicedo. What if they don't get him, Graham? Are they looking yeah. at anywhere else? Yeah, you would see them in um, player who we expect them to be in the market for. And there's someone a free transfer. They're looking at that. But again, there would have been half a chance to get Tiedemans if Leicester was sitting pretty in mid-table or pushing on. Leicester entrenched in trouble, which means they're not letting anyone out. You know, they, they would have, from what I'm told, that there would have been a chance of Tiedemans going this month if they weren't in this trouble. But because they are, I think Everton have just, similar to how we may mention with um my night and McTominay, where teams are, teams are checking on players just to double check. He's not available. Is he? He's not available. Is he? Hint, hint. And Leicester is saying, no, he's not. Um, so, um, yeah, we put it out there as a story just to let them know. But, yeah, there, there are alternatives out there, you know, but they've got Arsenal need to find someone who's better than, than a Lukongo, Sammy Lukongo, you know. he's They've got quite a few of these players. They let Gwendezi go because he wasn't quite good enough. So if they do bring someone on, they want someone to improve the backups what they've got which Tiedemann's yeah he's not Casido um, but he, he's very much better than the other options they've got so uh, let's move on to <laughs> the man of the month probably Enzo Fernandez. Chelsea mm. have been trying to get him obviously they made a very very public attempt to sign him from Benfica at the start of January and interest has been rekindled. It's always been there. Rekindled, mm-hmm. probably the wrong word. <clears throat> but Benfica has stood firm. There's a release clause on his head, even though like they signed him for 14-odd million like six months ago or something like that. It's now 120 million euros. So, Graham, Chelsea with this, like, what is? do you think this one's going to get done? And how? what's the sticking point? Yeah, you know, we revealed on the show last week, didn't we? On if you so regular listeners will know, we Benfica were anticipating this. They they knew this was coming. As it and and we just we're doing a story as we speak. You should be able to read that as this goes out. There's been significant progress made by Chelsea in the last twenty four hours for this deal. And the the issue was if we if we go back to the previous one, Benfica were willing to take installments. But Chelsea's plan of 40, 40, 40 for 120 million euros just wasn't hitting the hitting the mark for Benfica. They wanted an 80 or 60 million euros up front. And yeah, then we'll take the rest in instalments. And we believe it is getting near to that. They have the option of a player in this as well. Um Chelsea have lots of those. <laughs> they do, Scott. Yeah, they do. And we'll come on to another team where we're taking a, a deep close look at that. Um Egbali. Um, the man up top next to Todd Burley is taking is taking his part in this as well. He played a significant role in the Mudrick deal when him and Paul Wynn Stanley flew out to, to to Turkey. Oh, pardon me, to Turkey to get that one done. So, no, this has got a real chance. But 
we know the player's already agreed terms. He's told Manuel Rui Costa, the president, that he wants to leave. He's reiterated that. And there's a there's a real feeling this one gets done, guys. There is. The Chelsea, I think this is as close as it ever has been, this one. They're making a real effort. Again, and I think what Toby said about Caicedo keeping his value, I think you're right here, Scott, where they're... Will Enzo be worth this going forward? I'm not sure what anyone going forward will pay £105 million it is for Enzo Fernandez. I think that is a genuine concern that some within the Benfica hierarchy are just, as you said, they paid £40 million. They, they have to take this money. It's, well, it's I mean, just too good like, not to. Like clubs put clauses like this in so clubs don't pay <laughs> this kind yeah. of money. Yeah. Like we look at teams in Spain that get or players that sign contracts at Barcelona, one billion euro release mm. clause, this kind of thing. How far off are we from that kind of thing happening? I, I mean, that's that's pie in the sky, but whoever thought 105, 120 million euros would be triggered. Like Benfica put that in the contract thinking, all right, we're safe there. And if somebody's crazy enough to come and pay that fee, we'll take it. I read something saying UEFA are looking at amending uh, the rules around long-term contracts. So <laughs> Chelsea yeah, are true. Chelsea true, yeah. are doing all this business thinking that they can circumnavigate FFP in a in a roundabout way. But you can't uh, backdate these rules or time. So doing them yeah. now means they will get away with it. It's from yeah, I think it's this week or something they're looking at it. But yeah, where they can still do five years. Five year deals will always be allowed. And um, you know, Chelsea are benefiting from some of the best accountants around where if there's loop if there's a loophole there, jump through it. So Enzo Fernandez could still end up at Chelsea, might already be at Chelsea if you listen to this on Tuesday. Uh, crazier things have happened. Uh, you, we mentioned Chelsea midfielders and lots of players there. Uh, final one of the show today because we're going to keep this pretty short. Newcastle are looking for a midfielder and there's plenty on their agenda. Two from Chelsea we can we can name uh, and they've also been interested in Man United's Scott McTominay over the past, well, several weeks. I've asked a number of times about McTominay, but Christian Eriksen's injury has left Manchester United very, very, very light in the midfield area. Uh, it's unlikely that United will move into the market before the deadline because, and they'll just stick with what they've got. Uh, but Newcastle are looking for a new midfielder, Graham. Yeah, they are. They want someone in central midfield because they're allowing John Joe Shelby to move to Nottingham Forest as we speak. It, it probably will ha it'll have to be a loan is what Newcastle is saying just because of FFP they've signed Anthony Gordon they don't have any room they were linked to Sander Burge of Sheffield United uh, they have talked to them but that was apparently looking at a loan deal but Sheffield United are only willing to sell because they're under transfer embargo and they need the, the Burge money to get out of that something which Fulham are willing to pay we did hear about this didn't we midweek last week we talked about this off pod and, and yeah, it looks like Fulham are progressing with that um, they're currently the firm favourites to get Sander Burge, which would be a, a, fan, a fantastic sign for Fulham. Playing alongside Paulinho, who one of my favourite players, one of my signings of the season, I think, um, could be a remarkable midfield for them because they're, again, going for top eight. But yeah, in terms of on loan players, Scott, Scott, we, we've done a story on it, haven't we? Yourself did it, that um, Newcastle again inquired about McTominay. Again, just double-checking, saying, you, you meant that, didn't you? you? He's definitely not available. Okay, thanks. We'll be back in the summer. Um, so they were just double checking McTominay wasn't around because again he would have been a nice loan for them, perfect to come in. But Chelsea, are the ones to look out for, apart from Chelsea fans, Newcastle fans should be the ones cheering on Enzo Fernandez to Stamford Bridge because that will allow some of us to go out. Um, 
Newcastle have already inquired about Pulisic. He's injured. He's not moving. But Zayic, Conor Gallagher, and Ruben Loftus-Cheek are all players Newcastle have done their homework on. So one of those players could very well end up at St. James's Park. It wouldn't surprise me. I think Loftus-Cheek would be a great fit for them. Conor Gallagher, um, it looks like he will be allowed out on loan. I'm told Palace is the most likely destination for him. Why? You know, it's hard for him not to go back to Palace, isn't it? They want him. He made the World Cup squad off the back of what he did for Palace. Um, it's hard to see him taking a chance on going to Newcastle, trying to get in that team. Not saying he's not good enough, but you know, he could go he could go there and be undefeated and wouldn't get in the team. I think Palace is the most likely destination for him. So yeah, keep an eye on Newcastle and Chelsea. Big chance that they take someone on, on loan from him. But and everyone says, Why would they do that, Scott? Because they're rivals, but Chelsea need to start making some room. And so if they are gonna get him. They do indeed. Uh, Toby, what's the craziest deal of the month for you? I think the Mudrick deal is still the crazy one for me. Even though I enjoyed his debut for Chelsea Anfield, I thought he was very lively, looked good for that half an hour. Just to kind of swoop in from absolutely nowhere with, we've spoken about this many times, no real strategy, just we'll have him, see you can't have him, just absolutely mental to me for a hundred million euros. And I think that that kind of signing uh, is breaking the market a little bit. Maybe that's helping Brighton elevate their Moises Caicedo figure. They're looking at this deal and thinking, well, if he's worth that, Caicedo is worth probably the same amount. So we're not going to take 70, 75. Um, so Mudrick's the mad one for me. Cancelo is the most surprising in terms of timing, but uh I'm not really sure who I think the best deal of the window has been yet. Any thoughts from you guys who the best? I was going to say, TC, is, Mud- is Mudrick also the best? Um, someone did ask me this on a, a YouTube show the other day. I did say Mudrick, actually. It's hard to think. I think if they get Fernandez, that might turn into my best. But, you know, we, we speak about Todd. God bless Todd Burley. There's a transfer correspondent, and I do love that guy. Um, he's, he's really putting a, an extra dose of excitement in my days. If they if end in window with Enzo Fernandez and Mikhail Mudrick, uh, it, it, it just beggars belief. But you, you well, can't they'll help. have to deliver straight away, won't they? Chelsea Chelsea yeah. spending 600 million euros in a, in a season and they're 10th. I tell you what, though, it will help them attract a world class manager getting two players like that. We'll leave it there, shall we? <laughs> Uh, yes, uh, talking transfers. We'll be back after the transfer window closes. Obviously, we've been trying to uh, best summarize what we think might happen uh, towards the end of the window. Obviously, there's a ton of stuff that we already mentioned, Nottingham Forest. They're still going crazy. Uh, there's a number of teams who will probably make a bunch of signings uh, before the window closes. We've seen Kalon Navas linked with Forest as well. That's just one of several and there's going to be plenty of business done mostly in England because I've seen a list today of the top spending clubs in Europe Mm. this season and I think most of the top 10 are Premier League clubs and only Barcelona feature look at the bottom six the bottom six in the Premier League even this next 36 35 hours Scott it's frightening what the bottom six in the Premier League are trying to do apart from West Ham of course apart from West Ham no no irons in the fire today but uh Toby's. I wouldn't really. I've heard a few little. No, there might be some irons in the fire in the FA Cup tonight. Yeah. If, uh... Oh, you are selling someone. That's all right. Mr. Ashby is on. I've having not got yeah. his chance at West Ham. He is. A lot of Newcastle fans are excited. Seem excited by him, Toby. Uh, do they got a right to be excited. 
He's not played that much, to be honest. He looked like he's got a little bit about him, but for three million, it's probably a good deal. But it's it's far too early to tell whether or not he could make it at Premier League level. I, I certainly don't look at him now and think, oh, he's going to be challenging Kieran Trippier because Kieran Trippier is going to play every game for Newcastle for probably the next three years. Kieran Trippier signed his new contract, Scott. Yeah, we list that one as well, didn't we? Yeah. Signed a new deal in the week. Uh, we'll wrap it there because uh, obviously we've got to crack on with everything that is actually happening on site. Keep an eye on 90min.com. Keep an eye on our socials, 90min underscore football at underscore Scott Saunders at Toby underscore Cudworth at Graham Bailey as well for all the latest. This has been Talking Transfers. We'll be back soon after the window to unpack everything that has happened. And in the next few weeks as well, I'm sure we'll start looking forward to what's happening in the summer because if Chelsea are spending this kind of money now, if Man United and Liverpool are potentially getting taken over by rich, rich owners, the summer transfer window is going to be absolutely crazy. Uh, so we'll look ahead to that and uh, we'll look back on January later this week when the transfer window closes. There's going to be plenty of stuff happening. Thanks for listening, everyone. We'll see you soon for another Talking Transfers.